Hi, I'm Joel Garcia. Welcome to the Pop Culture Shuffle. On today's show, we have a few things to talk about. First up, Disney postponing their films at 2021. Then, a snippet from my radio show where I talk about the Power Rangers. Plus, I take a look at another piece of fan fiction, this time from The Loud House. And finally, a sneak peek at next week's show. Here's a hint. It involves a famous YouTuber. But first, Black Widow. Now, we all know the pandemic has altered the plans of a lot of productions, whether it be TV, film, music, basically everything. And while there have been some attempts to maintain some sense of normalcy when it comes to these releases, such as films either coming out through streaming services, or at least a very small handful of films going straight to theaters, such as Tenet, it's clear to see that maybe it wasn't a good idea. While Tenet has been doing well at the box office, it has also been a really bad thing for movie theaters, especially since this pandemic is still not over yet, and the fact is, not every film is coming out. Take a look at Disney, for example. It recently announced that Black Widow, the superhero Marvel Cinematic Universe film that was supposed to come out back in May, has now been postponed an entire year. Which is a sad thing. The pandemic has, of course, impacted Marvel Studios' production timeline. While Black Widow is fully finished, the TV shows were not. WandaVision supposedly had the entire thing ready to go, only lacking special effects. While the Falcon and Winter Soldier, from what I've heard, has not finished shooting. And it's really sad to see the pandemic causes delay, since there is a lot of excitement for these shows. The pandemic has unfortunately impacted all of these productions. And it's really sad for Marvel because they have a lot of other films they have to delay. Because unlike other studios who can easily move around a film whenever they want to, the Marvel films have a chronological order of sorts. And in this case, Black Widow has essentially postponed two other Marvel films already in production. Or at least were in production at the time of the pandemic. Eternals and Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. Both of which are supposed to still come out next year. I'll bite now, later. And of course, they had no choice. And maybe it's simply a fact that they prefer to have it in theaters as opposed to Disney+. Plus. A possible reason why Black Widow is being postponed to 2021 and not simply dumped to Disney+, Plus like both Onward and Mulan, possibly is due to the fact that Disney has more money to lose on this film. You take a look at some of the films that were originally supposed to come out to theaters but were released on Disney+, Plus. Each of them had a different reason to be dumped onto Plus. Onward, the Disney Pixar film, which had just come out to theaters when the pandemic occurred. And of course, it's not the movie's fault that the pandemic occurred and caused everything to shut down. I will admit personally, I actually bought my ticket to see Onward the week of the pandemic. And at the last minute, I canceled my ticket and decided not to go. In the case of Onward, Disney probably already made enough money to justify putting it on Disney Plus and on sale so soon. With that film, it's already out, people know what the movie's about, and for Disney, it wasn't a big loss. The same reason why they could instantly dump Frozen 2 onto Disney Plus. Because enough time had come out, they don't need to wait until the summer, when it was supposed to be on Disney Plus. Another film which Disney dumped this year onto Disney Plus 
Artemis Fowl. That film was supposed to come out in August, but after the pandemic causing them to shift some of their movies into later in the year, they just simply dumped Artemis Fowl onto Disney+. And that was a film that they could rely less on because it was supposed to be sort of a franchise, it was already reviled by fans before it even came out, and having seen it the night it premiered, yeah, it was terrible. Mulan might have been their one attempt to see, will people pay $30 to see a movie before anyone else? Based on the lack of PR from Disney about Mulan's box office success or just simply on-demand sales, I think it's best to say it was a failure. The movie itself, that's a topic for another day. I haven't seen the movie yet and I plan to see it as soon as it's made available for general viewing on Disney Plus or if it comes out on Blu-ray. But yeah, I don't think it was a success. The big problem was that Disney really tried to play it both ways. By having the film come out on Disney Plus, where Disney Plus was made available at the time, but everyone else got a theatrical release during a pandemic. The problem for Disney's confusing release method for Mulan was that the countries where Disney Plus was made available, they get the movie only on Disney Plus, even if their regulations allowed for movie theaters to reopen. The countries that didn't have Disney Plus, if the theaters were open, they got traditional theatrical releases. Everyone else, no release. That probably led to a huge loss of money for Disney. Especially for a film like Mulan that you'd think would have been successful because this was the remake of an animated classic and not just one of their older ones, a relatively newer one. The problem with Disney Plus not being available in most parts of the world is that it costs Disney a lot of money, especially if they didn't release the theaters. All of Latin America and Mexico never got the film. The only way you could see Mulan in Mexico and all of Latin America were two routes which I will not acknowledge. And it's really sad because I know people who live in Mexico and other countries who really wanted to see Mulan, but they couldn't, not because they didn't want to pay the additional fee on Disney+, Plus, but because they don't have access to Disney+, Plus in the first place. Some might compare the situation to how the UFC fights are pay-per-view, but if you have ESPN+, Plus, you need to pay extra. But there's a difference. At least with the UFC, you're paying for something in addition to getting ESPN+, Plus, and it's like pay-per-view. You pay per debut. In Mulan's case, even the explanation Disney gave for Premier Access really didn't make any sense. Because basically, you're paying $30 to watch a film three months before it comes out to everybody else on Disney+. Plus. Which to some people might not just be worth it. They might just wait three whole months before it comes out. And I know that for most people, $30 is a good deal. Especially if, say, you're a family of four or five or six and you can justify the $30. But for most people, especially those who live alone or maybe it's just two people living in a house, they probably won't pay $30 on top of something they're already paying monthly. Especially if it's a film which you can't legally own. There's a reason why these Blu-ray sets cost $20. Because they're not giving you just the Blu-ray disc. They're giving you the DVD copy. And a digital copy. Which justifies the price. $30 really does not help. Especially when it's only available on one service. You look at Warner Brothers release tactic for Scoob. And at least that film was available on multiple platforms. It was the same price. But you could watch on any of those platforms. With Mulan. 
Mulan, you were forced to watch it on a service you already had to pay something else on top. But with Scoob and those other films that came out during the summer, you didn't have to pay anything extra. You just had to pay for the film and that's it. If you have the machine, you can pay that small amount and you're done. But with Disney Plus, you're paying your monthly fee and then the $30 fee for Mulan. But how did that tie back into Black Widow? Disney probably saw how people reacted to Mulan's release strategy. That most people just didn't want to pay $30 for it. Or maybe they went through certain routes, which again, I will not acknowledge. It's of course led to a chain reaction where most of their films are just not coming out this year. Now, of course, some box releases did come out eventually, especially those that were essentially just the remnants of Disney's acquisition. The ones they had to release by contractual obligation. So you saw a movie like The New Mutants come out because that was the last Fox X-Men production and they had to just get rid of it. Is it a terrible sign for a movie like Black Widow to get delayed so far into 2021? Yeah. For a lot of people, including myself, the last major film you probably saw was Sonic the Hedgehog, which is a really sad thing to say. Since the pandemic, not that many films have come out or even the theater. Sure, there are some which linger around, but you don't see any that have any sticking power or people don't remember them. They come out one week and it's instantly forgotten about. There aren't any huge blockbuster films to promote because most of these films are being intentionally held back and postponed to next year. And while people might say, why not release it straight to video or on demand? The problem is that most of these films were intentionally made for a big screen. It's the reason why Tenet waited so long to be released because Tenet is a film like all of Christopher Nolan's films that was intentionally made for a big screen and it's a different experience watching Inception or The Dark Knight at home and a big screen. With a big screen, you get to experience all the sounds, all the action on a giant screen. Watching the exact same film on a TV on the other hand is a completely different experience because not everyone has the same dimensions for a TV. Your TV could either be the biggest widescreen 4K television ever or just a tiny HD TV. And the experience might differ depending on what size of TV you have what kind of audio system do you have and how loud do you want to hear the film? Basically, you're not going to get the same experience. And it doesn't matter where you own your own personal theater that can recreate the experience or you just watch the films on your laptop or your iPhone. It's not the same experience. It's hard to say who's going to lose more money out of this. Because for the Walt Disney Company, it might be debatable. Yes, they'll still lose money because they didn't release these films. But at the same time, you could also say, Oh, but they have all of the other things to rely on, like TV, sports, the news. But then you look at the movie theaters, which are going to suffer even more. Because the movie theaters are not the Walt Disney Company. The movie theaters rely on films to survive. And yeah, there are percentages which first go to the studios, but they especially rely on people going to the theaters, buying tickets, and getting popcorn, soda, and all the other junk food. And the problem is, if nobody's buying the junk food, they're not going to make any money. The same could be said again about the movie studios, who are of course still losing money because they've had to do a lot of sacrifices or hold films they want to actually release in theaters because a lot of films really do work better in theaters a movie like artemis fowl for example despite its quality probably would have been best in theaters especially since a lot of the effects would look visually amazing on a big screen because if you look at them on a tiny tv it's not the same now the oddity of the situation is disney still has one film left in 2020 
That film would be Soul. If you've never heard of Soul, it's the other Pixar movie supposed to come out this year. And it's really interesting they kept that film for 2020, since every other production has been delayed to next year. It remains to be seen what will happen with Soul, or if it even will come out. The film is supposedly right now scheduled for November 20, 2020, and it was already postponed beforehand for other films. To conclude, these films have been postponed and they will eventually come out. It remains to be seen when they will actually come out. Because of course, anything can happen between now and the next release date for Black Widow. And unlike other films that Disney has dumped out to theaters like The New Mutants, this isn't a film they can just simply throw away and just simply recoup the losses through Blu-ray and digital releases. For now, all we can do is just wait. Now for another short segment from my radio show. Back in 2017, a reboot of the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers TV show came to theaters. It tanked. In this segment, originally broadcast in December of 2019, I briefly talk about the film, as well as a then recently announced reboot. If you didn't hear the news recently, it was announced that they're making another Power Rangers movie. Now, before you think, oh, it's a sequel to that movie? No, no, it's not. It's a reboot. Again. I I'm just looking up here the stories. It came out within the past week or so, but it was announced that Paramount Pictures is making a reboot. And not a sequel to the reboot that came out a few years ago, but just like a brand new film based on the Power Rangers. Which is... Surprising, yet at the same time, fully expected. I will say this. I liked the reboot. However, I did not like the way it was presented. There were elements I liked about the reboot. But at the same time, there were so many problems with that movie. Like, one of the biggest issues to me was the fact that the entire premise relied on product placement. Because you have this entire situation where, oh, you have to find something, and then, like, the plot twist is Krispy Kreme. And, and that, to me, just, why? Why are we bringing Krispy Kreme into this? And that, to me, bugged me a, a bit. That's not the biggest problem it had. There were other issues. You can clearly tell they were trying to make it into a serious film. They had the characters all being, oh, they're all losers, and how they're on detention, and how, oh, their lives are miserable, and how they're being bullied. Which is a bit of a complete opposite of how they were presented in the TV show. And then there were other issues they had where, to me, the biggest one was the ugly CG designs for Alpha and Zordon. They went, with Alpha, they tried to make him look more alien, but at the same time, he looked like a rejected Star Wars character. And then with Zordon, which I will admit, he looks great, but at the same time, it's just like, was this really necessary? Because, yeah, I like Brian Cranston as Zordon, but why do you need to be a giant face on a computer screen? And there were other issues I've had with the film. Like, to me, the biggest one is how long it takes for the characters, you know, turn into Power Rangers. 
because I remember I even looked at the timer I had on my on my Blu-ray copy of the film. They went almost the entire film without transforming, without morphing. And that to me is like the biggest sin. Like, why would you take that long in a Power Rangers film to morph? In comparison, the first one, it only took them like maybe 10 to 15 minutes to do that. And to me, the problem is that that was a big issue. Like, it took them that long, and in the end, it was really disappointing. Because when they actually used the Megazord and all that stuff, it looked hideous. It looked like... The best way to describe it, it looks like Optimus Prime, but without all the cool stuff. Like, that's the best way to describe it. It's hard for me to describe it any other way. He looked like a knockoff Optimus Prime. And then Goldar. Oh, poor Goldar. They somehow turned this... In, in the TV show, he looks like a flying monkey into this weird gold being, which doesn't do anything, has no attitude, and is just like a robot made out of gold. There were so many problems with this film, and it's honestly barely watchable. There are things I liked about it, I admit, but it's not something I'm going to see every day. It's the thing to say, oh yeah, that's a movie. Because when it comes down to it, there's only three Power Rangers movies so, so far. You have the original Mighty Morphin film. You have Turbo, a Power Rangers movie. And then you have this reboot. And when it comes down to it, the original is still superior by a mile. The reboot is in second place. And then Turbo is outright awful. Unless you're a fan of Power Rangers Turbo, but I really can't find those fans. And there's a lot of reasons for why this happened where, with Paramount. Because with ever since the movie failed the box office, the company that owned the Power Rangers license or franchise, Saban, sold it to Hasbro. And Hasbro, the company behind My Little Pony and Transformers, has an agreement with Paramount Pictures. Because they both make the Transformers movies. And it makes sense. So it will be interesting to see what Hasbro Paramount will do with Power Rangers. So far, there is a premise, I think. I, I'm look, it's, I can't find any information about it. It's very limited. Like the Hollywood Reporter says it involves time travel in which kids are brought back from uh, modern day, let's say 2020, but then brought back 30 years in the past into the 90s. And to me, this reminds me of Power Rangers Time Force, which is, to me, like the last good season of the show. It's a good season. If you've never seen Power Rangers, you can check out either the original or just maybe Power Rangers Time Force. That's a, it's really, the, the theme song is really catchy. But to me, I am interested. Could it be good? Maybe. But I'm not going to give my hopes up. I mean... I'm going into it with low expectations to be bad or good. Because let's face it, it's Power Rangers. And to me, the film would probably be far better than whatever's airing on Nickelodeon right now. I mean, I haven't seen Power Rangers in years. So I wouldn't know how the quality has been. I know that people have said it's gone down in quality. It's very generic. It has issues. So I can understand that. 
but I haven't seen the show since I think 2014, and even then that was just maybe like for a couple of years, and I, and that was like a whole decade where I didn't watch it. But that's just my thoughts on Power Rangers and the upcoming reboot. Will it be good? Who knows? As of this recording, no date has been announced for the upcoming second reboot. Let's move on to another piece of fan fiction. This time, I'm going to talk about The Lost and Loud by The Million Man. This particular fanfic is based on the Nickelodeon anime series The Loud House, which, at the time of this recording, has just begun airing its fifth season. If you've never heard of it, all you need to know is that it centers around the lives of the titular Loud family. The fanfic centers around Leia Loud, the long-lost twin sister of Luna Loud, the third oldest sibling. What makes this fic stand out amongst other stories of a similar premise is the backstory. Most fanfics involving long-lost siblings often begin with the person returning home and the family in shock. This one, however, goes in a different direction. After starting off with a prologue of Leia with the Louds, it briefly explores her life before returning to Royal Woods. It is an interesting read, seeing how she joins a biker gang and winds up back home. At this point, I should note the story is a bit more mature than the show itself, with a lot of swearing and violence, especially in one chapter where Leia goes on a rampage. Even the family reunion is not just hugs and crying. The first time she reunites with most of her siblings goes as follows. When I made it down, I saw three massive speakers towering over me lined up. I looked over and saw a rocker teenager readying her guitar. She gave one stroke of her strings, and the sound blasted through the speakers, and I flew back into the wall behind me. That hurt like hell. I thought I felt a rip crack. I landed on the floor, and my vision began to get blurry. When I came to, I looked up, and was about to be whacked by a bat. I rolled out of the way just in time, jumped onto my feet, and ran towards the front door, but was stopped by a blunt force whacking me in the face. I fell on my ass and my vision was blurry again. When I was able to see again, I saw that rocker girl standing over me with her guitar and a bit of blood on the head of it. She was going to hit me again, but I kicked her leg and she fell like a sack of bricks. I ran to the kitchen and touched my head where I was hit. I looked at my hand and saw blood. When I saw that, I could feel something rise in me. I could feel the red mist rolling in, but I was able to calm it. I'll leave it at that then. I just recommend you read the story. Sure, it's admittedly different from the show itself and is actually a bit more mature with all the violence, but it's a really interesting read. The Lost and Loud by The Million Man is available to read on fanfiction.net. And finally, I want to end the episode with a special preview of next week's episode. Let's just say it involves a famous YouTuber from America's finest city. So first, state your name. Well, my name is Jackson Ross, and I am a film student at San Diego City College. 
Are you taking any particular major or just getting a, a certificate? Well, I think for now I'm majoring in film, but I'm working on getting a degree for transfer. I'm working to get my associate's degree for transfer to San Diego State so I can get my bachelor's, but I, I can't really determine if it's for a certificate, but I know it's a degree for transfer. So a degree to transfer, so you're not going to get an associate's degree or just planning to like get as much as you can at the community college and then transfer somewhere else? Well, an associate's degree. Where do you want to transfer to? Do you have a school in particular, like here locally in San Diego or somewhere else? Well, locally in San Diego, San Diego State. Is there anything in particular you like about it or just like the people who have graduated or attended the university's film classes? I don't know if I like anyone. I'm just taking it one day at a time. I really want to be able just to have actors to film with. And that's the thing I really struggled with in high school. Like I really wanted to have all these actors, you know, just be able to blend in. Like, I don't know, how should I say? Just at least find people of the same interest as me and be able to film with them and expand my YouTube platform just so it could help me pave the way for when I actually break into the film industry. But it didn't work out that way and so I was just sort of stuck like in a maze or I guess I just didn't know how to talk real well but then again it, that could probably be attributed to how high I set my expectations and so it's just kind of how it was for at least a few years just I struggled to socialize and all but probably up until my senior year to when I was able to finally get some people of interest when I actually joined the drama production class in my senior year. And I only ended up using a few students out of the whole class, but pretty much just beat the dead horse. Aside from San Diego State, are there any other universities that interest you, like in case you want to have options? Well, not that I know of, but I know for a fact before I went to City College, I was supposed to go like choose between Miracosta and Palomar, but they were, I guess, feeder programs. And so they would not help me with the transfer to San Diego State. And so I ended up choosing City College at the very last minute. And so just ended up with City College just so it could help me with the transfer, so. Has the COVID-19 pandemic affected your life in any way, like going to school in particular? Yeah, probably having to take online classes and then I guess just having to deal with, you know, not being able to film when I would want to, like for some of my certain film projects, like one of my videos in particular, like one of my movies, Ghostly Jacket, I only had a few scenes left to shoot and I had to shoot them under certain circumstances and my actors didn't want to do like certain scenes like the way I imagined and so they just did it their way but I still somehow like just was able to work with whatever I had and still deliver the finished film you know even if those people like are not really actors just my neighborhood friends in general so it was only just a, a few scenes a few key scenes just to so I could help finish the story and and just get it out the way so that I won't have to like just be held off up until like a later time because I find it better just to put in a little effort now than later and so these movies tend to take a long time to make well for certain things like I probably just shoot like around background 
footage and then just see with whatever I could work with just to construct my narrative from there. I guess that's how I put it. What do you think is better, having online classes or in-person classes or a combination of both? I would probably say like online courses just because I'm able to get things done. Did you ever take an online course before the pandemic? Well, probably at least one, but that was when I first started City College. It was a screenwriting class. It was tumultuous. So, but I was able to get it out the way. If it wasn't for the pandemic, would you still want to take an online class or still prefer to be like in person? I'd probably prefer it in person had not been for the pandemic. But then again, better safe than sorry. Next week, Jackson Ross comes to the Pop Culture Shuffle. For now, that is all the time we have for today's show. If you would like to know when the next episode comes out, remember to follow or subscribe to our podcast on your favorite audio streaming service. You can also follow me on Twitter at Mr. Joel Garcia 9 Until next time, thank you for listening.